0: I'm Maria Ramsey and I'm Anna Barnard and you are listening to Never Wear Boring Socks.
1: Never wear boring socks. Never wear boring socks. Welcome to another episode of Never Wear Boring Socks.
0: In episode three, we talked about starting college, which is really relevant to what I'm going through right now. Um, But today we're going to talk about a different transition that Maria is going through, which is the post-college period of life. So we're going to discuss a little bit about adjustments in sense of community and uh, things to do with career choices. And then we're also going to talk about the good things about being done with college and what Maria has enjoyed most about it. So before we go into that, Maria, what socks are you wearing today?
1: I'm wearing a pair of socks that are kind of a a beigey color. They have kind of an interesting stitch pattern, like not what you would normally expect from a sock. And they have a little lace ruffle at the top with little buttons on the side. They were a gift from my boyfriend's family a couple years ago, Um, and I chose these socks because they match my outfit, which I think is important to point out because this is the first time since we started recording this podcast that I've actually been wearing socks anyway before we start recording. All of the other sock choices have been, like I picked them out specifically for the occasion of recording a podcast episode. But this time I was actually wearing socks. Anyway, so that's why they go with my outfit. And I also think that they like kind of go along with today's topic a little bit because the outfit that I'm wearing today is a little like a little professional looking. Speaking of the post college period, I work in a very casual setting so I often just go to work in jeans and t-shirt and Birkenstocks but today I felt like being a little fancier so I picked some socks that match my fancy pants nice
0: yeah if you can wear not boring socks and be
1: matchy it's like a win-win I know it's so exciting (laughs) (laughs) so what socks are you wearing Anna
0: I am wearing another new pair of socks I keep getting new socks and wanting to wear them, (laughs) and these are the perfect occasions to wear them. My mother got me these socks recently, so thank you, Mom. They have a nice floral design. The main color scheme is kind of a gray and pink color scheme, and on the side of the socks um, are the words, you're killing my vibe. (laughs) So... I like these because they remind me to not let people kill my vibe. And for me to just do me, I guess. I just, I like them. I like it. They're pretty socks. They're kind of funny. So I chose those to kind of get my Monday off on a good start because we're recording this on a Monday.
1: Nice. Nice. I think that's that's a nice way to sort of take charge of the beginning of your week, which can be a, a tough transition sometimes. Yeah, indeed. So
0: these are my Happy Monday socks.
1: Lovely. And speaking of transitions, this particular episode, like Anna said at the beginning, is about sort of the transition from college to post-college. I know in episode five with Monica, we referred to it as the post-college freak out. So <laughs> we're going to talk a little bit about that, kind of the things that Uh, have been on my mind and sometimes are freaking me out a little but also some of the things that are good about being out of college because it's not all scary it's actually really exciting and we also kind of wanted to talk about this sort of as a parallel to what Anna's going through because these are both periods of transition that a lot of young adults go through and I don't think you often really see them put side by side but they do have some things in common for sure
0: yeah so we're gonna try to draw some parallels here or maybe i can learn something about my own
1: experience from what you are currently going through that would be ideal (laughs) we'll see if i have any uh (laughs) gems of knowledge that are actually useful pressure's on (laughs) it might just be like brain-spinning anxiety, but... (laughs) Fair enough. But I think I have some thoughtful thoughts about it as well, so Mm -hmm. hopefully we'll focus on that. I'm excited to hear them. Um, And before we get into that, I wanted to just share a little bit of advice that one of our listeners sent us. So this was in response to our call for college advice after our college episode, where we talked about Anna starting college and kind of the advice that I had and what Anna was hoping for her college experience. Um, And we got a piece of advice from a listener who's actually a very good friend of mine. And I just wanted to share some of what she said, because she covered some things that I think are really valuable, and we didn't really talk about at all in our episode. So I'll read a little bit about uh, a little bit of what she sent us. So she, she wanted to add, don't be afraid to take risks. College is a time where you are encouraged to question who you are, what you believe, what you like to do, etc. Don't assume that patterns you fell into in high school are necessarily patterns you need to stick to be open to friendships with people who are vastly different from you, people who might who you might think you have nothing in common with. It can be rewarding. And she points out that it is important to take care of yourself, which is what one of the things that we focused on in our episode, but she points out that like sometimes so sometimes you do want to prioritize sleep, but then other times you do want to maybe sacrifice a little bit of sleep and go to a party with some people that you just met, which is maybe it's it's a risk like she's saying it's not the kind of safe option of just staying in your bed and sleeping more but but she points out that especially for introverts this is like it's easier to stay in and take care of yourself sometimes and a little harder to take risks so so i thought that was a really a really useful piece of advice that we should add to our conversation yeah yeah I really liked what
0: um she was pointing out a lot of that advice I have been kind of thinking about um while I've been starting my college career um especially I I mean just all of it in general A, a lot of thinking about how to kind of get out of ruts that I was in in high school. I think coming into college, I, like, knew in the back of my head that this was going to be quite a change and that I was going to be able to do lots of things that I didn't necessarily do in high school or I might not be doing the same things that I was doing in high school. Um, but I don't know if I really wrapped my head around the reality of how that would make me feel. Um Because following high school, I was really excited to try new things and kind of get out of some of my regular routines and patterns. But something that's been difficult is um, not being established here in the same way that you are in high school. In high school, lots of teachers know who you are after being there for four years. You know a lot of your peers. Um, Lots of people kind of know what to expect from you. And when you go to college, you don't have that anymore, which on one hand is kind of a blessing, but on another hand, it can be difficult um, because you want people to recognize your abilities even when they don't necessarily know what you're capable of yet. Whereas in high school, everyone kind of knows what you are capable of, and here you come into it and... Every, everyone has all these different experiences that they're coming from and no one's really taking into consideration all the past experiences that you've had, which is, like, I wouldn't expect them to. But that was something that I didn't really think about that I was going to have to experience. Um, one thing has been being in the music department at my school and in my high school, I was in all the top ensembles and I knew all the music teachers and here that hasn't been the case because there's just so many good students who are involved in the music program and no one's going to get special treatment anymore just because they were good players in high school or whatever. And so kind of like facing that reality and accepting that you really need to make an effort to decide what kind of activities you're going to do in college and do it for yourself rather than like other people's expectations Um, which you were kind of talking about last week, the idea of upholding expectations and prioritizing what you want to do for yourself and what you want to do for others. Um, And so kind of breaking out of what you were doing in high school and really deciding what you kind of want to continue pursuing in college. That's been something that I have been thinking a lot about that I didn't necessarily expect myself to consider so thoroughly when I got here. Um, So I kind of liked that... um, our listener pointed out that you really have to kind of get out of your comfort zone from what you were doing in high school. And also the idea of talking to new people. I I knew that I was going to have to socialize and make more of an effort to socialize in college, but it's still been difficult for me. And... I'm always saying that my dorm is known as like the studious dorm on campus, and so I'm always like, no one talks in my dorm, and I don't know anyone in my dorm, (laughs) but part of me is just like, well, maybe you're just not talking to anyone in your dorm because you just don't want to get out of your comfort zone. And so, on one hand, I can blame other people in my dorm, but part of it is that you have to take your own initiative to talk to people, and I'm still working on that. So... I think our listener's advice came at a good time because it kind of pointed out what I was like thinking in the back of my head, but like not really acknowledging. So mm-hmm. I I will need to take more of that to heart and apply it.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm really glad that she pointed that out because that was kind of something we didn't really talk about. But I also think like college is a really great opportunity to... Put yourself in a new situation with new people and try new things and you don't have to do all the same things that you did in high school, right. which is, it's very free. Yeah,
0: yeah, definitely. So I'm kind of past the point where I'm like, I'm not doing the same things in high school, my goodness. And now I'm like, I get to do different things than I did in high school. So I'm going to try to yeah, take advantage of that coming, going forward. Yeah. Good mindset, chef. Exactly. So, enough about my little college update. Let's talk about <laughs> your transition period.
1: Well, that's—they're very similar because, I mean, post college, you're also kind of putting yourself in a new situation, new environment, in a way. So, it's another opportunity to try new things and do things differently. I think so. So, it's very related.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. And one of the things that I wanted to talk about In terms of the post-college experience Is finding community And like what you were just saying About having to work harder And like actually be proactive About going to find people And make friends in college That is also very true post-college Like perhaps even more true Just because at college you're kind of in this little, like a little bubble of lots of people your age, a lot of whom are really interested in making friends and have a lot of the same interests as you, Um, a lot of the same experiences that you can kind of bond over. Uh, And there are all these groups you can join, but it's a little harder to find those things after you're out of college you have to look for them a little bit more they're not kind of handed to you right yeah that sounds really
0: tricky i mean i think i i definitely take for granted all the peers that i'm surrounded by all the time and i think like even though we're talking about this right now and the idea of how you have to create your own community much more when you get out of college. I think that's still not going to hit me until I am out of college, because mm-hmm. I think it's like been such a reality my whole life that I've been surrounded by people my age who I can always turn to. And after college, you're not provided with that like constructed community.
1: Right. And the thing is, you still can find that community, and, like, I don't want to paint a picture, like, there are no friends after college, nobody wants to hang out anymore because they're all working, but you just have to put in more effort to find people, but, like, there's a lot of places where you can find people. I mean, it's the same, one of the same things that you can do as when you're in college is to join groups it's just that there's not going to be like an event fair with all of the events on campus or all of the groups, rather, that you can join, like all the student organizations. You have to look a little bit harder, like look online, look in the newspapers, or talk to people and find out what's going on.
0: Yeah. Did you have any specific tools that you use for that or successes when looking for community?
1: I did. So one particular resource that has been helpful in a couple of instances is meetup.com, which some of our listeners may have heard of. It's a website where people just start groups, and then you can join whichever groups sound interesting to you. And there are all different sorts of groups. But it's a really good way to meet people who are interested in the same things as you, so there's a lot of, there's some groups about making music, so I did find a singing group through there, and there are groups of writers, there are groups of people doing outdoor activities, groups of people who want to dance or talk about nutrition or all sorts of different things, so that was a useful Yeah, resource. that sounds really cool, I didn't even know stuff like that existed, that's awesome. Yeah, I didn't know it existed either until a friend had found a group, and she was like, do you want to come to this knitting group with me? So I did, and then I found out about this website. Nice. So that was useful. Um, and then also just finding out from the people that I do know here what other stuff is going on. Yeah. But I also... I also think it's useful to start groups sometimes. Like, it can feel kind of awkward to just say, I want to start a group to just, like, hang out on this day or whatever. But I did that. So I have a a group that sometimes meets on Tuesdays now, and it's been nice. Like, we don't always do it, but, but I'm really glad to have that space and I think the other people are too even though it like felt a little bit weird starting it. Yeah, I feel like stuff
0: like that it feels weird to reach out to people, but usually they're really grateful that you do because they're probably exactly. wanting the, they're probably looking for the same things that you are or struggling with the same things if you're kind of in the same transitionary period. Or whatever difficult exactly. thing that you're experiencing. If other people are experiencing it too. If someone reaches out to them, I think they're going to be thankful for that.
1: Yeah. And the reason I started this particular group and like the way it started is that we meet weekly, just like kind of hang out at a cafe, is because I was wanting a regular community that I could go back to that was just kind of always there that I didn't have to make a lot of plans for because the thing is I know a lot of people near me that I enjoy spending time with but I really wanted a way to hang out with them with minimal planning because since I am an introvert and I'm also perfectly happy to just be home and like work on my own projects or just hang out by myself um like since I'm perfectly happy to do that the act of making a plan can be a barrier to going out and socializing just because it's an extra step in the process right yeah is that something you've
0: ever experienced yeah um i feel like when i try to make plans with friends half of the time spent is just making the plans
1: right and it
0: just feels so
1: like tedious especially when you're using like
0: (laughs) group messages and you're trying to make plans then like no one replies to you and you're like are we doing this are we not doing this and also (laughs) if you don't know if like the plan is actually gonna happen then you can make other plans but then like if it falls through you could have been doing something else it's just not very efficient so if you have something set up beforehand that you can count on then you just have it built in and you save time
1: Exactly. Yeah. That's a really that's a really good consideration for sure. Yeah. I also in terms of community I wanted to point out that you can consider friends who are not your own age. So, like in college everybody is basically between 18 and 22 or almost in that range and so it's really easy to to make friends with a lot of those people because they automatically have some things in common with you because of that age but a lot of the groups that I've joined this year have been like I'm by far the youngest member or one of the youngest members and like I think it's great to have friends who are not your age and like get to know the people that you're working with that might be older than you or the other people in your activities that might not be your age i think that's one of the actually really cool things about not being in college anymore i did feel like when i was in college it was a little bit weird that everybody was that same age and there was like no children really and no adults except for professors And no adults that were really in your other, like, in other contexts besides lecturing you or leading a discussion with you.
0: Yeah. I know that in high school and middle school, I mean, obviously, I was still with people who are in, like, my same age range. But when you're younger, I think even, like, one or two years of difference seems like a lot of difference in age. And... I liked befriending people who were like a couple years younger, a couple years older than me because it was people who I didn't like see every day in my classes, but people who I could like still come and talk to and be friends with. And they had like different experiences than me. And I think in college it's nice to have like a support group of friends who are all going through the same things, but it's really refreshing to talk to people who aren't going through the same things as you. Mm -hmm. So I think that is really important. I, I really like, Getting to know, like, upperclassmen and underclassmen, because it's fun to, like, compare your experiences to them.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and, like, even talking to you every week, like, there's a fairly significant age difference between us, but I still really enjoy hanging out with you and Martha, even though you're six years younger than me. Yeah. It can work, people. Exactly. (laughs) Go make some new friends who are not your age stretch your boundaries although i have not joined any of the meetup groups that i get emails about that are like 50 plus dancing (laughs) that's probably understandable if they're specifically (laughs) written for uh older people then i don't usually join but if it's like a mix and i just happen to be the only one who's (laughs) under 30 or 40 or whatever, that's fine.
0: Yeah. Well, also, I just really love talking to older people because I feel like they're usually wiser than you because they have more experiences than you. So, yeah, yeah, it's interesting talking to them.
1: Yeah. It kind of opens up your perspective on Mm -hmm. the world because sometimes you can have kind of a limited view if you're only thinking about sort of the perspective from an 18-year-old or the perspective of a 24-year-old and like all your friends who are kind of the same age so it's really interesting to hear people's perspective who have gone through more life experiences yeah
0: yeah and just talking to anyone who identifies differently than you in any sort of way I mean um Mm -hmm. the the message from our listener that we were talking about earlier how she said that you should talk to people who you wouldn't expect to have anything in common with, which I haven't really been thinking about and I definitely should be doing because I think you believe that you won't click with them if, if you aren't similar in any way, but sometimes the people who are most different from you are the ones who make the most interesting or the ones are who you have the most interesting relationships with. And you can learn the most from them because they are different from you.
1: Yeah, that's very true. I definitely had some experiences like that in college where I had friends who were like from very different backgrounds from me with very different family lives. And it was just so fascinating to hear about each other's experience. Yeah, for sure. Because it and again, it just opens your perspective to more more people's experience outside of your little bubble. Yeah. Yeah,
0: so I think whatever stage of life you're in, befriending people who are different than you is always valuable and always something that you should be kind of seeking out, if possible. Mm Mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah. So what kinds of things have you learned post-college about going into careers and possibly professional
1: life this is a challenging Mm -hmm. question (laughs) and it's something that's been on my mind a lot i think it's been on my mind so much partly because i we have this like idea that you know you go to school for the first two decades of your life and you get really good at school and then all of a sudden, you're like supposed to transition into the working world and find this career that's a perfect match because you, like, did enough self exploration that you figured out exactly what your perfect career path was going to be. And I think that's so unrealistic um, and just so unhelpful because one, I don't think there is necessarily one. Perfect career for anybody. I know some people decide when they're pretty young they want to do something in particular, like somebody really wants to be a teacher and they always want to be a teacher, then they go to school and get a teaching certificate. But I think for a lot of us, that's just not true. And we're trying to, a lot of us are trying to emulate those people who know exactly what they want to do. And for a lot of us, that's just not the case. And I think that's okay. So I guess that's the, the main thing that I've learned, my main nugget of wisdom that I can offer, which I have to remind myself of daily, because it's, it's really easy to forget. But it's okay if you don't know what you want to do, and if you feel like you need to try stuff out for a while. I don't think you have to always be worrying about the end result. I know I've like looked at some career books and especially books that are aimed at sort of creative types, which I definitely would consider myself. So like books about sort of careers in the creative arts and design and music and everything. And it seems like the career advice for a lot of those paths and jobs is to like get into the industry however you can, and then like, as an intern, like an unpaid intern, and then just work your way up to where you want to be, which always really frustrated me because I was like, I don't know where I want to end up, so why would I spend all this time like working my way up some ladder that I don't even know that I want to get to the top of? yeah. That's super frustrating advice. Yeah,
0: that's really tricky. Also, I think there's this um, conception that you can work, like, some scattered jobs after college, but eventually your goal is to end up with, like, one career, and, like, you're identified by this, not just, like, a job, but by, like, a career. Like, that is part of your identity. Like, I am a doctor, or I am a teacher, like you said, and... I feel like I'm the kind of person who doesn't want to be in one job my whole life. I think that would get really boring. And I mm-hmm. think it's like just as great if you're moving around in jobs that you're still really interested in, but you're not staying in one career your entire life. I mean, if you are, that's really great. And you f- if you find something that you really like to do and that's what you want to keep doing, like for sure. But I just have a lot of different interests. And if I could explore different... Job choices, I think that would be more rewarding for me than just doing one thing my entire life. And I think there's a conception that, like, that's the end goal. It's to find, like, one thing to stick with. Mm-hmm. And I think that's not necessarily, like, better
1: than doing multiple things throughout your life. I agree. And I think a lot of people more recently, like, I've read a lot of statistics that, like, people switch careers way more often than they used okay. to. So it's way more standard for people to be switching careers several times throughout their life. But I think we still kind of have this idea, maybe from the past when that was not as common, that it's better to sort of pick one thing and stick mm-hmm. with it. And I don't think you have to, to do that anymore, like you said. Yeah. So I feel like I also kind of don't feel like I want to just do one thing for me it's less like I want to be switching and jumping around to different things it's more just like I don't think there's any job description out there that exists that's something I want to do every time I read job descriptions it's like well part of that sounds interesting and then like I don't really know if I want to do that and I don't want to go to school for it and I don't want to do the things that I need to do to get there But what I would really like, sort of my ideal situation, is to, you know, get some experience in various different interests and areas that I want to pursue and then find a way to combine them and sort of meld them all together into some weird Maria career that no one has ever heard of before, but it's like perfect for me. There you go. That does (laughs) sound ideal.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Also, I think there's this idea that when you're in a career, you're focusing on, like, one singular thing, and that if you have multiple interests, like, you should pick one of those to pursue as your career, and, like, that's what you do. I just feel like there's not a lot of representation of people who are pursuing various hobbies in different ways. Even if you're doing one thing for your job, but you're still pursuing your other hobbies in, like, very substantial ways. I feel like there's, like, not a lot of representation of that. I think it's usually, like, this is what you do for work. And it's, like, this one thing. And then, like, on the weekends or something, you just, like, take time to do like some relaxing thing for you, but you're not like doing these other multiple things or incorporating other aspects of your hobbies into your job. I don't know. I I at my at my campus this weekend. Um, a guy came and talked to the choir that I'm in, um, who is working on some kind of music event that we're going to be involved in. But he was talking about what he's done for his career. And he's always been involved in creative fields, but he's done, like, music, composition, and then he's done, like, choreography, and he's done, like, photography, and he's done, like, writing, and he's done all of these things for possible job opportunities, but he's all kept it under this, like, veil of being a creative person. And I feel like there aren't a lot of people like that who are, like, actual Renaissance people, you know? I feel like Mm -hmm. it's just, like, this is what you do. And so... Seeing more people who are are specializing in multiple things is really encouraging because there's lots of things in my life that I really enjoy that I don't necessarily like want to sacrifice for any sort of career.
1: Yeah, but well, I'm glad you brought that up because I also, I feel like there's this, like you said, there's like this pressure to pick the one like most passionate passion in your life and that's your career and like that's the way you're going to be happy. But that also that thought stressed me out because I have so many different things that I really enjoy doing and that I care a lot about. So I was like, how that makes me feel like then I need to find like the perfect center of the Venn diagram of all six things that you know like covers all my bases for all my different interests and talents. And Like, I think there's nothing wrong with having a job that you really like. That's one thing you like doing. And then, like you said, having a hobby, like, just because you enjoy doing something, you care about it deeply doesn't mean that it has to make you any money, unless that's something you really care a lot about. And even if you are making money, it doesn't have to be your main source of income. And like, that's okay. Right.
0: Yeah, I just feel like I see so many people who have to, like, give things up for their jobs, or their jobs take up all their time, which, like, I think is fine, but if you can pursue other things and, like, make that part of your identity, I think that should be celebrated.
1: I agree. I think we, like, glorify the things that you do as a career, the things that you get paid Mm -hmm. for, which... I don't think is necessarily the healthiest way or the most useful way to think about it. This is also something I've been thinking about, though, because like I'm working a bunch of different jobs and then I'm also working on a lot of creative projects and the creative projects right now are not really adding to my income very much, if at all. But they're the things that I really want to be doing, whereas the The job is something like I really like certain things about it, but it's not necessarily what I want to be doing long term. Um, So I'm like trying to find the right. Well, I guess part of the issue is that I'm working part time, so I'm not making a ton of money, but that also means that I have more time to work on my creative projects. But then the thing that I'm facing right now is like, do I try to, you know, like work another part-time job so I can make more money and be more financially independent? Or do I just keep pursuing my creative projects because that's what I really love doing? And it's such a hard question, like one that I've been struggling with a lot. Cause on the one hand, I, I'm still living with my parents right now and I really would like to be more financially independent. Um, but then on the other hand like what i really love doing is working on the podcast working on my art writing but those things are not making a, a lot of money or any money yeah indeed i've so i don't i don't have any answers yeah. there i'll keep you updated yeah <laughs>
0: i feel like i thought about that a lot too and i'm like not even i'm not i haven't even done one semester of college yet but I've always, like, the past couple years, I've really been considering how I want to continue doing creative things in my life. And I, I just don't want to be a starving artist. <laughs> like, that just yeah. doesn't really sound fun. I think sometimes people, like, glorify that as well. And they're like, this is what you need to be doing if you're going to be a creative person. We've talked about this a little bit. And I just, like, yeah. don't really think that should be celebrated that much like self-care is yeah. good yeah <laughs> I, I don't agree. know so yeah yeah part of I part think... of me is like uh, money isn't everything but also like money is a good thing
1: <laughs> to have right like you do need some of it to yeah. exist in our current world yeah.
0: so yeah it's tough And I think a lot of it is deciding where your values lie. Like, if you make this decision, what's going to be the reality of it? As best as you can predict. I think that's about the only thing you Mm -hmm. can do. Like, how is that going to make you feel? You know? And, like, is one choice going to make you feel better than the other choice?
1: Yeah. I think that's a good... Like, good reminder to bring it back to your values. Yeah. Because I do think it is going to be different for everybody, whether you really want to be, like, whether you want to have your creative pursuits as your sole source of income, or whether you'd rather support it and sort of have more flexibility in what you do creatively. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I'd, I don't so, think there's one yeah, right answer. A question you have to ask yourself. But... I'm sure you will figure it out. I'm sure I will. It might just take some time. I think I'm just impatient. Yep. (laughs) Because I think the whole thing about, like, being in school for a while and then, like, all of a sudden you're not in school, it's time for a job. Like, I was so ready to find, like, the job that was going to be really great. Because I had been in school for so long. But (laughs) there's a lot of uh, exploring and floundering and <laughs> just trying things out and they don't necessarily have to stick and I think that's yeah, okay yeah for sure
0: but yeah I think also just like talking to various people who are maybe experimenting with career choices similar to what you're interested in or, her, or who,
1: or who mm-hmm. are doing things similar to you can be helpful too I agree that's something I've been um, trying to do more of recently mhm I kind of have put that on the back burner since school started and I've been more busy, but something that I really would like to get back to is sort of just reaching out to people whose careers I think are interesting and kind of talking to them about it, seeing would I like that? How did they get there? These sort of questions. Yeah, for sure. Definitely. Well,
0: what are some of the positive aspects of being out of college?
1: Right. Cause I, it's not all, like, this existential yeah. quarter-life crisis nonsense. It, it, there's, there's parts of, that, of yeah, that, yeah, but, <laughs> but have there been some silver linings for you? Definitely. I mean, for one, I'm not in school anymore. That's super nice, because I never really liked school that much, so I don't have to do papers and tests and go to class and... All that stuff. I feel like every time I go onto a college campus and see like students trudging around with their backpacks, I just, I feel an incredible sense of lightness that I don't have that backpack on my back with my textbooks and my notebooks and everything. And that's not to say that like, I don't still have a lot of work to do because I do and a lot of it I do at home, but it just... It's not the same as, you know, like having to write a 20-page paper by Monday. Yeah, it manifests itself differently. Right. And I think one of the reasons why um, it feels a little freer, like the kind of work that I'm doing now versus the kind of work I was doing in school, is because the work that I do is for a real purpose... I mean, the school that you're doing or the work that you're doing in school, the purpose is to learn and further your education, which is great. I think education is wonderful. I'm very grateful for my education. But I also, for me personally, it's much more rewarding to work on something that is directly helping somebody. So instead of writing a paper because my teacher assigned me to write a paper. I'm, you know, like writing up a lesson plan for my third grade class. So that I can teach them something useful. Or I'm like, I'm working on a, an advertisement for an event that's going to raise money for the nonprofit that I work for. So it feels like more, Useful and, like, more valuable to the outside world and not just my own brain.
0: Yeah. I think you can see, like, more direct impacts with with education. I don't think you really get to see the direct impact until you do get out in the real world and you're like, I learned this in this class and now I can apply it here or whatever. And, like, that's why that helped me. I mean, obviously you get to become a more educated person person overall, which is really, really valuable, and again, I'm very grateful for the opportunities that I've gotten in that regard, because not everyone gets that. But when you're doing that day after day for several decades, it it becomes increasingly difficult to remember why you're doing it.
1: Right. Right. I agree. And I think that's, like, especially the factor of how a lot of us do it like we only do school and then we only do work maybe it would be it would feel different if we sort of did them more like alongside each other mm-hmm. yeah definitely um but i also i'm also really glad to be out of college just because they're there's some more you feel like freer in some ways i do I shouldn't say that everyone does, but I do because I went to a small residential campus. I didn't have a car, so I was, like, really pretty much confined to campus for the most part um, because I didn't have a car and also because I just had so many commitments on campus because I was doing a lot of activities and classes Um, and, like, I get to choose my own food instead of just eating what the dining hall prepares for me.
0: Yeah. I really, my my school has really good food, but I still really miss, like, getting to choose what I would make for yeah. myself or whatever. Yeah. I miss cooking. I want to be cooking yeah. for myself. But it's hard. I mean, we have kitchens at our dorm, but I don't want to go out and buy a bunch of ingredients just to cook one thing, which is going to be difficult to cook anyway right. because our kitchens are kind of. Crappy.
1: Right, and you don't know if somebody else is going to be using the oven when you want to use it. It just works better if you are in a house or apartment situation where you have a, an oven and it's a kitchen you can use. Exactly. Yeah. So, I like that. And the another thing is just that I feel like college campuses are just like little bubbles of stress. Like when you go into the library, you just feel that everybody is so stressed out and everybody's working on a paper that's due the next day and everybody just looks so like rushed and weighed down on college campuses and everyone's complaining all the time to each other. And that's like a bonding experience that people have, like bonding over how much work you have to do. And I'm really glad to be. Away from that. Away from that being like the unifying factor is that we're all really busy.
0: Yeah. And stressed. Yeah. Yeah, on one hand it's nice to like have other people doing that with you, but to an extent it'd be nice to have something
1: else in common. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Yeah. And I felt like sometimes I would end up talking to people in college who I like. I didn't really know what else to talk about, so we just ended up talking about yeah. that, and it was just not satisfying yeah, at all. for sure. And, like, people are still stressed and busy in their work lives, too, but I feel like we don't necessarily all talk about it as much with each other because we're all doing different stuff, so it's not something that we can really commiserate on because it's not something that's so common to all of our experiences. Yeah, for sure. That makes sense. And I also just want to end with one of the really great things about being out of college is just the fact that being out of college means that I went to college. Like I was fortunate enough to have that experience and be supported in that experience, I had parents who paid for my college tuition and supported me. I had professors who were helpful. I had friends who were good people to lean on and I could talk to. Um, and I was in a position financially where that was okay. And I was supported in my schoolwork growing up so I could get into college. So I just, I'm really grateful that I had that experience, that I'm even able to be in a post college period right now
0: yeah definitely I think it's really good to acknowledge that yeah
1: yeah that's something sometimes it's kind of easy to forget sometimes I think but but yeah I think it's it's good to remind yourself of it yeah for sure if this is something that you've been fortunate enough to experience definitely
0: So for our call to action this week, we are going to ask our listeners to comment on our Instagram or tweet at us um, the emoji that best describes your feelings about the post-college period. Um, If it's something that you're going through currently or something that you're anticipating how it's going to be like or something that you've already done um, and want to give some insight into. Um send us a little emoji to depict how you're feeling about it. Um and let us know if anything we've said on this episode has kind of shed some light on it for you. But please do get in touch.
1: Yes, we'd love to hear from you. And I'll try to think of what emoji would best describe my experience. <laughs> I'll share that too. I'm not really sure, but it might be a list of them. <laughs> huh? I do have a quote for us today, Anna. I do have a quote.
0: So the quote that I chose is uh, from Virginia Woolf, and it is, Growing up is losing some illusions in order to acquire others. And I liked that because I, I think there's this sense of, you go from childhood to adulthood and you learn a lot in that process and you kind of debunk a lot of things that you might have naively believed naively. I don't know if that's a word. I just made it up. Um, That works. Or kind of had misconceptions on, or now you're like older and wiser or whatever. But I think I really like that. She's still acknowledging that uh, you're never like all knowing It's not like you reach adulthood and it's like, all right, now I know what to do. There's all kinds of new things that you have misconceptions on and that you're not going to know until later in life. And I think that's going to be the case throughout your entire life. And there's this uh, kind of, I I would like to say, facade maybe about adulthood that once you reach it, you don't have any misconception about anything like you you reach adulthood and then it's like all right you've learned what you need to and now you can go through the world confidently or whatever um but I really like that she's pointing out that like that's not really the case and I don't know if feeling like an adult ever happens
1: for some people which I think is completely valid Mm -hmm. yeah (laughs) yeah I really like that too I like that it acknowledges that we're continually learning and continually, like, we can always challenge our ideas about the world because it's not like all your ideas about the world when you were a kid were illusions, and then once you get to a certain point, your ideas about the world are now truth because you've peeled back the illusions. Right, yeah. They're still illusions. You still don't know everything, but you can still learn.
0: Exactly. Yeah, so... I thought that summed that up very concisely.
1: Yeah, very nice. Thank you so much for listening to Never Wear Boring Socks this week. Uh, Please join us next week because we're going to talk about the idea of identity. We're going to talk about kind of what that means to us. When we think it's useful to label ourselves certain identities, when we think it's not useful, how our idea of identity has changed over time. Um, and I think it'll be really fascinating, so definitely tune in for that. Yeah, yeah. I'm really excited to talk about that.
0: I think it's going to be all kinds of facets to that idea that we can talk about. Oh, Yes. Yeah. Um, If you are enjoying Never Wear Boring Socks Which we hope you are Please subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher And Google Play And we would be very grateful if you left us a review It's the best way for people to hear about us And to find us So we would really really appreciate that Um, And we would just really like To reach more people And develop a community So start spreading the word Letting us know how we're doing We'd be very grateful
1: And you can tell a friend, too, if you know somebody who might enjoy it. Yeah, exactly. And you can find show notes for this episode, links to anything we talked about, at mariacatherine.com slash podcast slash 008. And Catherine is spelled K-A-T-H-A-R-I-N-E. Please do get in touch with us. We want to hear
0: your thoughts and your experiences in regards to what we've been discussing on the podcast. Um, Are you also in the post-college phase, are you going into college and have some thoughts about what we talked about today Um, we want to know how it's going so please email us at neverwearboringsocks at gmail.com find us on Facebook and Instagram at neverwearboringsocks and on Twitter at noboringsocks
1: and you can let us know in the form of emojis or in the form of words if that's your preference we will uh, we will be happy to have both And we'd like to thank our audio editor, Ben Ramsey, the Cheese Beast, and Martha Barnard, who is our Twitter supervisor, and thank you to both of them for help with our music. As always, we are
0: so grateful for all our listeners, and we will talk to you next week. So until then, never wear boring socks.